Hello and welcome. We are Restoration Church in beautiful Prescott, Arizona. Thank you for joining us. My name is Nate Huss and I am stoked you are tuning in to our teaching of the week. If you are new, so glad you found us. If you haven't already and would like to learn a little bit more about us, jump over to restorationaz.org. All right, let's grab our Bibles and dive into this week's teaching. Today is significant and special. Uh, my friend Kevin is going to be teaching. Kevin leads Chi Alpha, a college-age ministry here in town. Kevin is, and I'm not just saying this, one of the best leaders I've ever met in my life. One of the most humble. I can look around this room and see people nodding, know that he is personally, through the work of the Spirit, changed lives in this room. He's encouraged me in times I've needed it. Like, he is just a blessing of a man following Jesus well. Uh, an incredible leader, a humble one, and he lives in Prescott. And I'm just deeply, deeply grateful that I get to learn from him, that we get to learn from him today. So will you work, welcome uh, Kevin up to the stage for me? Hey, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, it's not true, but I... Sweet, it's cool you'd say that. I really appreciate it, man. Um, Landon, you know Landon. He's, that's the way he is, man. He is a master encourager. Hey, I, I want to just say thank you. Uh, you guys don't know me, um, but I know who you guys are. Not all of you, but I know who you guys are. I know who your church is. And uh, your church has blessed us, has blessed our ministry and helped us, whether you like it or not, man. And you guys have opened your doors. And um, Landon and the team here, man, you guys just have this attitude, this posture of just open-handedness, where you just say, hey, this facility is for the kingdom. And man, we've come into this place, by the way, Landon, and we've danced our heart out in this place right here. So your dance idea is fantastic, I think. Sky's on board, she's ready to go. Anyway, you guys have been so good to us, and we don't have a lot of resources. We're just a bunch, you know, I'm, I'm an old guy, um, but I'm, I, I hang out with college students, and they have nothing, okay? They got zero. And so for you guys, open your doors, Lane, and help us out and just encourage us and just be so generous and so kind. Um, I, I literally said yes, because I, 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 it's Father's Day. I want to do some other stuff, but I said yes, because I said, man, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you publicly to the church who's helped us and been so kind to us. So thanks for being cool. Um, I have the best job in the world. I hang out with students. I've been doing it for 26 years, Ryan Mancuso, 26 years, man. Um, so you're saying, how could an old guy be hanging out? This guy's way too old. That's the question I have. That's the question I have. How in the world could I do that? But we moved here in 97 and went straight onto the campus. And uh, the, the stories that ensued that had nothing to do with us, that we just had a chance to watch and be part of. Um, I could just weep right now, Britt. I could weep, man. When I think about all the stuff, the places we've been and the things that we've seen, the way that God has changed lives. And so I, I have the best job in the world. And I've been a, a, uh, a campus pastor so long, Jackie, that when I started, there were like cell phones were not a thing. That's how long, okay? Back in the day, dude, I, we used to communicate with college students via landlines. Imagine that, Emily. Imagine that. Like I had to get a hold of somebody, like not in class, there was no texting. I had to get a hold of like Dylan when he got home after work. Think about that. Like later, just in that little gap, it was impossible, man. And a lot of things have changed um, whenever the cell phone kind of, kind of came onto the scene. But one of the best things ever is just the ability to have maps. 
I mean, think about how that's changed our lives. Back in the day, I still have documents, Sky, on my Google Drive that are like turn by turn, line by line, literally like a, a document you print out. I would hand out like pages to students who are getting in cars, it, like loading the cars to go to Mexico. And it was like turn by turn navigation all the way down to Mexico or to Arches National Park. And they would be literally in their car going like this, trying to figure out what was going on. And you can imagine when you put a bunch of college students in a caravan and give them line by line instructions, you know, 15 cars left and seven cars made it, you know, something like that. It was just one of those things. And, uh, and back in the day, we were going to Mexico, actually, and it was early in our Google Maps uh, era, and um, we just gave them a little pin, the place we we're going to go, and we get down there. We're waiting for everybody. Cars are coming from Prescott. It's, it's, it was after school, and um, we get a phone call from a dude named Josh Freeman, Skyler, and uh, he calls us and he says, hey man, I'm stuck in the desert somewhere in Yuma, like outside of Yuma. And we're like, what? Why are you stuck in the desert? And he said, man, you guys gave me a pin and I followed this pin. I legit went off this off ramp, took a right turn that literally just ended. It was probably gonna be like a subdivision at some point. And he just drove like straight into the desert, man. Just like, and he was just bogged down in the sand. He was sunk in the sand. So we had to send kids, students from Mexico back up to Yuma to dig this guy out and get him home. There's a, there's a massive difference between good directions and bad directions, right? I mean, directions determine our destination. The guys who had the good directions had the good pin or were able to follow Google Maps or there wasn't a glitch or whatever it was. We were down in Mexico having tacos, right? The guy who had the bad pin was on his hands and knees underneath his car, just like trying to dig himself out. And today, just for a few minutes, man, I wanna talk to you about directions. And I wanna ask a favor of you at the end, if I could. Uh, A favor on behalf of my friends. Um, I've had a chance to watch uh, students make really good decisions and really bad decisions. Um, I've had a chance to watch parents of students make really good decisions and really bad decisions. There was a time about 10 years ago, Ryan, that we were, um, we were doing that, it was back in the uh, Eagle Squad days, and we were doing the move-in. We would go early for the new freshmen who were coming in and help them move in for a chance to meet new students. We would just show up in that week before, that welcome week, and we would just show up and there'd be all the parents and they're, they're unloading their Suburbans and their trailers and they got way too much stuff to go into this little tiny dorm room and we would just go and give these guys a hand and just try to get to know some people's names. Um, and I was doing that, I've been doing that for years, and I met this, there was, a, there was a mom and a dad and a son, he was gonna go into ROTC, he was super excited about Air Force ROTC, his dad was an Air Force guy, he was kind of one of those guys that's kind of large and in charge, and uh, I, I'm, I'm like my third trip, and I go back to his Suburban, the back door is open, I kind of lean in, and I just grab the next crate, it was this big kind of plastic tote, and I pull it out, and I'm starting to turn to go back inside, and his dad comes up, kind of pats me on the back, and he kind of does a little chuckle, and he goes, yeah, he's gotta learn somehow, and he points down, he gestures down to my tote that I'm holding, and I look down at this tote that I hadn't looked at yet, and it's literally, it's heavy. Like, it's heavy, it's overflowing with pornography. Like, just magazines and DVDs. This is Dad's collection that he just threw in a tote It's gonna drop off that I'm carrying into an 18-year-old kid's dorm room. I'm gonna plop down 
I guess that was like his version of the talk or whatever it was, man. But I mean, I, it was disorienting for me. Like I, I wasn't sure whether I should just like lay that down and then step back and just, just like, I didn't know what to do, man. It was, it was like, I didn't know, I was walking behind him and just thinking like, God, what? You know, and I just knew I, I can't, I'm not in charge here. And I carried this into this kid's room and I didn't see that kid um, until a sophomore year. I remember when he walked in the door on a Friday night to our, we have a service on Friday nights. And I saw his face, I'm like, who is that guy? I recognize that guy. And I'm like, boom, he's the guy with the tote. He's the guy whose dad gives incredibly bad directions, like remarkably bad directions. Got to know that guy over the course of the next three years of his life, and man, he had been stuck in the sand like nobody's business. He'd been in a spot that is like impossible to get out of. And legitimately, man, we spent the next three years trying to get him out of that spot. Praying with him and walking with him and trying to work with, uh, through some of the bondage and the stuff that he had been going through. Directions are important. They're huge. They're massive. And all of us are doing our best to get to the good life. Um, there's a scripture here I want to show you. Um, this is, you guys have seen this before. You guys know. This is Proverbs 14, verse 12. And it says, there is a path before each person that seems right. But in the end, it leads to sand, man. But in the end, it leads to death. And then this next one right here in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 says this. It says, lead me in the path of your commandments, of your directions, because I delight in it. Because it brings me to the good life. Turn my eyes from looking at what? At worthless things, man. This is why we're bad at directions. We, we just dig worthless things. We, we just have this problem, man. We cannot get our eyes off of the things that have no value. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life in your ways, in your directions. And my dad, I don't talk about, I, have a, I had a really good dad. I talk about him very little. Um, he passed away a few years ago. And the guys who know me know that I, I'm an emotional dude. And so Kim, my wife, said, hey, don't tell any stories about your dad today, it's Father's Day, because you're probably gonna cry. But I'm gonna tell a story anyway. It's just, it is what it is. My dad was good with directions. He was good with directions, man. When I was a little kid, when I was about 10 years old, we, 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 we would go vacation on a lake up in Maine. It's a beautiful lake, it's like five miles across. My dad grew up on that lake, and he took me on this, this canoe trip, and he is a, like an excellent canoeer. However you get to be that way, he was that way. However you turn into a good canoeer, he did it, man. He was there, he could just paddle. I was just cruising easy, he could steer, it was smooth sailing, and he wanted to go across this lake to the other side, to bring me to this river and to these locks. And it's five miles across. We went across, it was a beautiful day. And on the way back, on the way back, the storm started brewing. I could see like way across the lake as a little kid, this, those clouds kind of coming towards you, this gray wall. And before I knew it, the wind was kicking up and the waves were in our face and it was freezing cold. And I was scared, looked over my shoulder at my dad. And he's like, hey, we're, we're good, we're good. And he's just paddling, man, through this thing, just like fiercely through this storm. I mean, five miles, now, now as a dad, I'm like, man, five miles? Was he crazy? Was he nuts, man? And, and through the grayness, we could not see a thing, man. He went straight through this grayness to this little tiny dock on the other, there's like a pinprick. You cannot even see, he went straight home. I remember getting there and going, how, how in the world did you even know where to go, dad? Like, how did you even know? He had just done that so many times, man. He just had this like innate sense of direction. Fast forward to like five years ago. My dad's in really bad shape. 
He's battling cancer. He's lost a lot of his faculties. He's in a place where he hasn't just been himself mentally for a long time. He's just forgetting a lot of stuff. And uh, he hadn't been allowed to drive for a while. And we had a boat. And I said, man, before I leave on this trip, I'm going to get that in the boat again. Something he cared about and he loved. And so when my mom wasn't watching, because he wasn't very mobile, I said, Dad, let's go down to the water and get in the boat. So we went down the water, got in the boat. It was tough to get in the boat. Um, we got in the boat and we backed out of there and we took off. It was a beautiful day. And as soon as I took off on that boat, man, I could just see it. Like he just started smiling instantly. Like he just, it was his spot. It was his place. We got out in the middle of that lake and I was like, man, nobody's out here. Uh, Dad hasn't driven for like seven years in any kind of vehicle. But I'm like, Dad, do you want to drive? Man, I said, do you want to drive? And he like hopped up. <laughs> he popped over in that seat. And he sat down. My dad was in the Coast Guard. My dad knows more about boats. He knew more about boats than I ever will. But he got in that seat, and I hadn't seen him behind a steering wheel for a long time. And I, so I started to, to lean over and give him instructions. And as I'm leaning over to give him instructions, he looks over and just pushes that throttle down and just takes off, dude. He is gone. The wind is in his hair, and he is plowing through the waves. And I stood back, and I looked at his face, and I watched, man, the joy on his face. And we were way across this lake and our little house and this little tiny dock is in this tree line way across this lake. And I watched my dad who hadn't been able to complete a sentence or tell a story that was comprehensive. I watched him drive straight, then turn right or left and straight to that little dock. Because it was an eight inside of him, man. It was a well-worn territory. My dad had spent his life going back and forth on that path, and when all else was gone, he still had that, man. It was somewhere inside of him. And in the same way, I spent time on my front porch with my dad that same summer, and when he couldn't get a few sentences together, the last few things he talked about were the waypoints that he had downloaded in his life again and again when he spent time in God's word. He shared with me about Jesus and redemption and his gratitude for that, Talk with me about the importance of family. He had just a few waypoints left, but he'd gone there again and again and again. Psalm 119, you guys know this right here. Your word, man. This is where the directions come from. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. And so if I could just really quickly, I just have 10 minutes. And, and Ryan, I'm gonna do it, dude. I'm gonna, we're, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get it right now, Okay. I wanna just give you a couple of waypoints. Jesus knew, God knew that we were terrible at directions. And when Jesus came on the scene and he gave his first big message, which essentially is just all of his directions. Sermon on the Mount, you guys know that. If you've been in church, you know that. He literally said, hey, listen, you guys are terrible at this. You're literally horrible at this. Would you just sit down for a second and let me just give you some directions. So in Matthew 5, if you have your Bibles or your phones, or you look right here, um, he, he begins this, like the, what's the biggest chunk of red letters in your Bible. And if you can imagine, you know, the, like the, the crowd had gathered because there had been healing and there had been some really cool teaching. And what he was teaching, this new rabbi was saying things that were different and unique and they were, it was life-giving and refreshing and he was approachable. And so he, he, he gets together and I love how it says like here in verse two, the very beginning, it says, as the crowd gathered and they found their spot and they had their blankets down on the lawn on the side of that mountain, on the side of that hill, I love that it says, and he opened his mouth. And the reason it says that is because he wants us to know, hey, these are the very first words he said. 
The crowd gathered, they were anticipating, and the first words, there was no announcements, there was no congratulations, there was no thanks, all the things that I just finished doing, it was just straight, hey, listen, blessed are the poor in spirit. First words, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who understand that they are spiritually destitute. Blessed are those, happy are those who understand and recognize that they have lack, that they are in need, for theirs is the kingdom of all the good things. He said that first because he said, hey man, listen, if you're gonna have to split, if you're gonna have to leave, if your kid starts crying or if you're hungry or if you have to go back to your job or whatever's going on, if you hear nothing else, could you just like hear this first paragraph right here? Because man, if we aren't humble, if we are not available to the directions that God's gonna give us, it's a non-starter. We have, we have nowhere to go. And we know, man, that guys, that dads especially, we have a sketchy relationship with directions, okay? Like guys, we struggle. Like we're, we're sometimes bad at directions, but we can't admit it. We, 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 we won't ask for help, right? And that's the story of all humanity. The story of all of us is that not only do we struggle with directions, but we struggle with receiving directions. We can't even, even when we're lost, we can't even ask for help. And so Jesus says, hey, listen, let's just start right here. Blessed are those who are humble, who are teachable, who are available because they can receive the most important things and have a shot at finding their way. Back in the day, we, we used to play capture the flag um, outside of Riddle, kind of back out in the, in the brush and there's all the scrub oak and, and there were some kids running around. It was at night, this pitch black night. And uh, I, I could hear these kids running full speed through the woods. And so this kid's running past me. I'm just out there to kind of like be a chaperone and make sure they don't kill themselves. This kid's running full speed. He can't see a thing, full speed through the woods. I mean, there's just brush everywhere, trees all, like, all over the place. So I stopped this kid and said, hey, listen, you can't run full speed through the woods. And he goes, no, 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 I have, I have good night vision. And I said, okay, sweet. And if you know anything about some kids at Riddle, there's a lot of kids who think they have good night vision, by the way, all right? And, and so I'm like, okay, cool. He leaves, he takes off. I'm not lying to you. Like 30 seconds later, I'm standing there and I just hear this like, whoop, like this is huge. And then like it is here moaning. They're like, ugh. And so I'm walking around like in the dark through these bushes and I find this kid. He's just laying on the ground, just staring up. And he had glasses and his glasses, no lie, were like folded forward like this. Okay, the, the branch hit him right here, okay? And the little nose things were stuck in his nose. The little metal nose things, he was bleeding. It had smashed him so hard. And I, what, what I wanted to say was, good night vision, huh? <laughs> but I didn't say that because I'm old and he's young and that's not cool. And the truth of the matter is, all of us, man, we struggle with pride and we're pretty sure we have good night vision. You don't. You don't. We don't. Man, we have to be available. The second thing is this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the things that are deeply right. Blessed are those who crave and desire. So it's not enough just to, to listen and to hear and to be humble enough to receive. We gotta have some craving, man. We gotta desire, we gotta want it. And so Jesus says, hey, blessed are those who have this deep down desire, who are preoccupied with getting to a place where they can take in the things, where they can consume where they can be nourished by the things that are deeply, deeply right. And again, you and I know that what we struggle with, our appetite and our diet, man, we struggle with worthless things, with empty calories, 
We chase after things that have no value. We fill ourselves with those things and we wonder why we have no room or desire for the things that are deeply right. It's just a bad direction. And the third thing, I'm blazing through this. Go to the next slide, is this right here. And if we, if we start with availability and we're humble and we move on to this desire and this craving that is deep inside of us for the things that are most right, man, then, then we have a chance to do this right here. Blessed are the peacemakers, the peace builders, for they shall be called sons of God. What happens is this, man, when we are chasing after the right things, when we are walking in humility, we have a chance to do something, to actually do something. And what the world around us is longing for, man, what the world around us is longing for is peace. What's cooler than, you know, it, like, hey, what's your dad do? I would love it if Ben said to Emma, hey, what's, what, 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 what's dad do? Uh, he builds peace, that's what he does. He's a builder of peace. Wherever he goes, wherever Dylan goes, at work, at home, with friends, with strangers, when he walks into that spot because his heart, man, he walks with this posture of humility, he's always attaching himself to the directions and the truth that is God's word. It's this well-worn path. And then what's happened is it's created this appetite in him where he just longs for more and more of what is deeply right. And then the way that that leaks out of him, the way that, 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 that the do of that is that he just, he just builds peace. Like where there's contention and there's strife and there's angst and there's anxiety and all the stuff that you guys know that we live in that's right outside these windows right here. When someone rolls into a room or a situation or a conversation and they're filled with the right things and they spent time in the right places, they're filled with the spirit and they open their mouths and what comes out is peace. What comes out, man, it just, it just calms and makes everything the way that it's supposed to be. And peace is not cute. It's not cute or nice. It's what we need for survival. It's what this world longs for. And I can tell you right now, there is an epidemic on campus with students of anxiety. The amount of time that I spend hanging out with men and women filled with promise and possibility who are literally just trying to make it to the next day because they are so overwhelmed with anxiousness. It's very real. And what they are longing for is what only Jesus can bring as the Prince of Peace. They're longing for shelter from the storm, to get to somewhere that they can find meaning, hope, and value. Now here's the question, here's the, here's the thing I want to ask you guys to do. This is what I want your help with. Can you go to the next slide? Um, how all this plays out, the very next thing Jesus says after all those Beatitudes he says, you guys know this. He says, you're the light of the world. That light that my dad used, that we're using to light our paths, that those directions that we're trying to use, so we're, we're living the way that we are supposed to live and we're pursuing the things that matter most and we're consuming the things that have actual value. The way that that works is not just for your path. It's not, it's not just for you. It, it's, it's for those who are following you. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people who light a lamp put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to who? To everybody, to all in the house. And here we go, in the same way, let your light shine before others, for the sake of others, so they may see your good works, those things that are leaking out of you as you're pursuing him, as you have, you're on point, you have the right directions, and they can give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I'm gonna close with this right here. There's, um, we used to do this trip to Lake Powell every year, 
And uh, we took like a million kids, not really, like a hundred and some kids to the, to the Lake Powell. We would go across the water to a, little, to a little island on a beach, had a beach big enough for us. It was one of our, our biggest outreaches. It was a blast. Really dangerous, but it was a blast. And our students would have to get, they get off school on a Friday night, and Friday at five, and so they leave and get up to Powell, and it'd be, it'd be already dark. And so we'd have a bunch of boats lined up at Wawi right there on the, in, the, in the marina on the dock, and they would come down, unload their stuff, throw it into our boats. We would go across, not recommended, by the way, at night, past all these buoys, and, you know, Lake Powell has, it's worse now, obviously, but it has, like, rocks coming up out of the water, and we would find our way over to this beach, and so what we would do is I'd just say, hey, the guys who were there early, I'd say, hey, you're gonna light a fire on that beach, make it big, so that when I'm navigating through the dark, I can find that spot, man. And we would, I would literally have a few navigation points to get past this, turn the corner at that rock, and then I would be across from that little tiny, little tiny fire, man, over there. And I'd set my nose to that fire, like my dad did, and I would just blaze towards that fire. And then as we got closer to the fire, and I was bringing loads, there's like 150 kids, loads and loads of kids across this water. We closed that fire, I could, I could hear the sounds of community, man. I could hear laughter and singing and guys hugging and wrestling and they're eating food and telling jokes, you could hear it. And then there'd be guys who'd come down from the beach as we approached, they'd get in the water and they would be waving us in and they would grab the, 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 the clothes and the gear of these kids and welcome them onto the beach. And it was the beginning of an incredible weekend. It was safe in that spot. Now, I want you to imagine for a second if we just move that light a little bit, man. If someone, and it, it's not outside the question of reality, would have said, hey, let's just move this fire for Kevin and see what happens. Let's just go down here like half a mile, put a fire over there. He can't see a thing. It's gonna happen. It'd be catastrophic, man. It'd be catastrophic. And what is happening, I'm telling you right now, what is happening, if I could ask you for one favor on behalf of my friends on campus, what is happening is there are a bunch of students who are trying to figure out whether it's, it's worth pursuing Jesus, whether he's actually the things that we claim that he is, the things that we say that he is. And they're watching the news and they're, they're, they're in meetings with people who claim to be Christians and they're in classrooms with people who claim to be Christians and they're at work with people who claim to be Christians and what they're looking for, they're looking for a light on the beach, man, they're looking for shelter. And when we just tweak it a little bit and we add a little bit of ourselves to that thing, Jesus says, when the light you say you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. When we just move it a little bit, man, when we add a little sprinkle of the things that we think and we make Jesus look like us more than he looks like himself, the results are catastrophic. They're catastrophic. And I've sat across the table and I've hung out with kids who are sincerely trying to find Jesus. And some of the biggest hangups they have, I'm just being honest, man, because we're all adults here, is us. It is us. Not that they're pointing fingers at us. They're, they're, they're trying to follow us. But they're not following us to the beach. They're not following us to safety. They didn't make it to the right shore, man. They're going to somewhere else altogether. So Jesus just says this. Man, would you be filled with the things that matter most? Would you have the right directions? And then could you just stand still, be a fixed point and not wander off over here or over there where you think you know better than me? Just stick to my directions. Just stick to my directions. And then what's gonna happen is not only will that change your life and bring peace into your life, but man, in the same way, in the same way, it'll bring peace in the lives of those who have a chance to follow you. 
If we could do that, it'll change the course of history. In fact, that's God's plan. God's plan to change humanity is that exact thing, and there is no plan B. There is no backup plan. It is you. It is me being a light on the beach. Directions are important. Let's pray. God, I'm just so grateful that you wouldn't just send us off into the night and say, hey, figure it out for yourselves. Just try to find meaning and hope and purpose. Just try to find the actual redemption, forgiveness and mercy. Just try to figure out a way to get through all the stuff on your own. Because Father, we know that if you left us to our own devices, we'd be carrying totes full of garbage looking for direction and purpose. And so Father, we are just so deeply grateful that we can go back again and again to your word and it lights the way for us to see ahead and we are able to walk into what is actually life, what is flourishing. And so, Lord, I pray that you help us to stick to those directions. Lord, that we would take those things seriously. Lord, we're so familiar with what we just read that it can become boring in our eyes. But Father, we know that it is life-giving. Lord, it is challenging. It is difficult for us. Lord, if we could somehow summit this, it would completely change our lives. It would influence those that we love and that we care about. So Father, I just pray a really simple prayer, Lord, that we would leave here today and you would just help us, Lord, to make an honest attempt at following the light that you've laid out before us, the path that you have invited us to, to stick to the directions that you have given us, to trust you more than we trust ourselves. And Father, I pray that that would change our lives and Lord, it would change the lives of those who are following closely behind us. Father, let it be so. We just ask these things in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to our teaching of the week. We are so grateful to partner with you in sharing the love of Jesus in a world that really deeply longs for it. And whether you're new here, seeking more information, looking for a church community, or considering financial partnership, go ahead and visit restorationaz.org for more details. Okay, let's continue making a difference together. So how do we do that? By remembering Jesus is the only one who is trustworthy always, no matter the moment. So press on as we continue to practice the way of Jesus.